Welcome to Happily Ever After is Real, interviews and conversations with women, created to share wisdom, strength, joy, and inspiration for finding true love in a busy and constantly changing world. Happily Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. You can follow us on Facebook or visit us online at bemoreyou.co. I'm Tricia Bennett. On behalf of myself and all of our guests, welcome and enjoy. So I'd like to welcome back my guest host, Nancy Hunt, and married celebrity guest, Amy Mosier-Berry. In our first episode with Amy, we learned about how she met her wonderful husband, Bill, and how they were married and now expecting. And in this episode, we're going to talk about their unique and loving way of dealing with conflict. So thanks again, Amy, for being with us. And I'm going to let Nancy start today. I love to hear Amy's your stories and the way you speak about it is just so enrolling. I think in how well you get along, I'd love to hear how you work with the struggles. Mm. Like when when you have disagreements or that the issue of compromise when you moved and found your home together and you both were willing to compromise, does it ever not look that way or is it something that you're both in the game at the same level that you progress in that way. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for asking that, Nancy. I would say yes. We've definitely had some stumbling blocks, and I think that's also really helpful to share. It's not all marital bliss all the time. I think because we're both committed to doing our own personal growth and development, that's been super helpful because we can then distinguish when we're doing something that's a habit, we can identify it and like laugh with each other and hopefully not at each other. But for example, I have, if you will, this sort of this way of being where I'll, I'll get like really tough and independent and I don't need anyone. And then he's like, well, how the hell do I contribute here? You know, like, how am I supposed to manage your overflow if you are all set? So that can be a little bit tricky and we sometimes can flag that and laugh. And then he has this tendency to have an ongoing question. Do you like me? Do you like me now? How about now? He always wants to be liked, get along. He doesn't want to start any conflict or stir, whereas I tend to be a little bit more rambunctious. And for me, sometimes having a more animated conversation is more exciting or something. I don't know what it is. And so Bill will do anything to avoid conflict, including sometimes leaving out certain bits of information that I may then find out later and say, oh, well, you didn't tell me something, or it almost can feel like a lie. And then he'll, you know, and then I'll say, honey, was that just your attempt to want to be liked and not have anybody be upset with you? <laughs> He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was what was going on there. I can see how that would have impacted you. Sorry about that. So we both just have a sense of how the other person can default into certain behaviors and that can actually trigger. You know, he tends to just be a lot more tolerant. I feel like he he can be with, I think, more situations. You know, if I'm moody or irked or something, he's just able to be with a lot of my emotions. And I think I might get a little bit more easily annoyed, I think. <laughs> So I'm very grateful to him for being able to be with whatever's going on. But 
You know, I mean, and there's, there's definitely been a couple of things that happened. I think I may have shared this when I came and we were on the panel, which, by the way, Bill, he loves being on the panels, which shocked me. He, one day he was like, are we going to get to be on one of those panels? So we've been on the panels at least, I think it was two or three times, right, Trish? Yeah, uh, it's so, it's, but the thing that so I cute. love about that is that when a man finds the right person, yeah. he's so proud. He's so proud. He's yeah. so proud. And he's, he's and he's really cute too. I've noticed he's really proud to walk around with me pregnant. That's like adorable. Uh, yeah. It's like he's like he's like I did that. You know, when he, he, he kind of like. Um, but so, but but one thing I think I shared on the panel is um, we were really hectic. He sold his condo. Two weeks later, we closed on our house and moved in to our home together. Two weeks after that, we got married, and then. We went on our honeymoon, and two weeks after that, he actually fell quite ill with an emergency appendicitis. He had to get that surgery, and he was out for the count. So we just had a lot of stress at one time. It wasn't all bad stress. It was a lot of great stress. Was that before your honeymoon? um, It was right after the honeymoon. He came back, and we were so blessed that we were back in the U.S., and he got the care that he needed. But it was a recovery time through around, like, the holidays. So. So anyways, there was just a lot going on, and um, one of the things that fell through the cracks was that sometimes we have these automatic payments, and he had a, a store, like a self-storage account with this company up in New Hampshire, and so we had a storage unit up there with some of our bigger stuff, including my family's kitchen chairs that I was really excited to get back. We were going to get the wicker fixed up and brought back to our house, and so Bill had indicated that he had already got those chairs to this wood workshop in New Hampshire. They were being taken care of with all that I knew, and I didn't really question him about it. So many, many months later, when I'm like, honey, you know, when can we get the chairs to our new house? Come to find out there was like a major breakdown that occurred, and only at that point did he tell me that he never actually brought the chairs to the wood workshop, and the chairs had been taken along with all the other items because the auto payment had stopped and he didn't get the, the memo that the, they had foreclosed on the unit and with all the moving and changing addresses, he may have missed a phone call, whatever the heck happened, it wasn't on purpose, but he basically lost my family's heirloom chair. <laughs> oh, no. And, and it was really, really upsetting <laughs> because I was like, well, to me, that's a lie. He told me, like, he made it sound like, you know, they were already at this place and he gave me the town and I never questioned him. And now what else is he lying about? And so it was this whole thing that we really had to work that through, and he really owned it. And I said, well, you know, I'm more concerned about if this is a lie, what else have you been lying about? Um, and, of course, he's not one to lie. It's just that that was his version of not wanting to stir up conflict, and he would handle it when he could, and he wanted me to like him, and he was handling the chairs and all this. So we were able to see where the breakdown in communication was. And long story short, I said, well, honey, I don't think you would fight me on you're buying me any chairs I want for the kitchen. He's like, you got it. So um, so that happened. Because you didn't divorce him over it. So it was win-win for him. Ladies, I I got a matching hutch out of the deal. So we threw in a, a hutch for the kitchen. They're fabulous. So. It all matches. It's very nice. And then we have my old wooden table from back in the day, but it reminds us of the little, it doesn't match, but it matches for us, you know? <laughs> right. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like stuff like that. You know, at the end of the day, we're really committed to a marriage that works. So even if we're in breakdown mode, we can 
at least own our part of it and communicate what's missing, what's needed, what can we commit. You know, and then I'll just say one other area, Nancy, you know, in, in terms of answering your question. So Bill's very, like, he's on his computer a lot. He manages a lot of, like, spreadsheets, and he likes to see the numbers in a more electronic way. And I'm a little bit more kind of creative, artistic, visual. Like, I like to see, for example, our monthly budget in a more visual way where it's not, like, hidden on some, I'm not saying he's hiding it from me, but, like, it's not, it feels like out of sight, out of mind for me. I want to say, you know, I feel like I'm a little out of control. I've always handled my own finances. I've always paid my bills, and I like to see what's going on. I've never missed a payment, and here and there we've, like, missed a payment because we weren't communicating who was doing what. So that's something that I think we're still working on creating a system that works for both of us. Um, again, he likes to pull up the file and see his, his like, you know, very small print spreadsheets, and then he does all these calculations and analyses, and I'm like, all right, let's put this on like a big piece of paper by category and I could paint this. And so we're trying to figure out what system <laughs> really works and to have one person responsible for our family finances without feeling like if we make Bill accountable for the finances, which is something he said he wants to do, that I feel like I'm in the loop, especially having always been so independent. There's still a way for me to contribute and ask what's what without feeling like I'm bothering him. So I'll just say, um, honey, we need to make this more visual. He's like, oh, yeah, right, right. Uh, so we just kind of say what we need, and it usually works out pretty well. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that, and I love, because I think it's so important in relationships for both of you to own your own stuff, like you said. But one thing that really stands out for me, Amy, is how you know Bill so well, and it's not about you that you go, oh, wait a minute, this is one of the things that would trigger you. You mm-hmm. actually put yourself in his place, and you're all intertwined and connected that it's not about making him wrong so much as coming to an understanding, which is really important for success. And, boy, are you doing it. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, and I love also that what Nancy said about how you don't blame each other. You own your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And that you love each other and trust each other enough to reveal your stuff. Like you're too self-sufficient and Bill wants to be loved. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, there's that thing again. Yeah. And it's not a deal breaker. It's just what it is. And underneath it is the pure relationship without secrets or it's really great trisha thank you and that's i actually think i feel like it was in one of the workshops and i know you reinforced this a few times where there's there's the two individuals and then there's like the relationship and that is where it's an opportunity to not get unnecessarily personal and to take things personally when it's not the case there's like this other formation this entity that really deserves sort of its own consideration and its own nurturing. And I really, I don't think I really got that before. I think I would have been more kind of like on the attack or more critical of my partner rather than seeing, okay, well, what works for the relationship? Like what's missing that would make a difference in this relationship? And I think that's a useful inquiry, even if you're just dating, you know, or engaged or married at different levels. I know, Nancy, you've been married for how many years again? 33. 33. Wow, that's amazing. And so I'm sure 
you can point to instances along the way of 33 years married and the years before you sort of pause and sort of step back and say, okay, we've gotten a little too personal here. This is not a personal issue. What is missing that would make a difference for the relationship kind of along the way? And I think that's really, no matter where you're at in your relationship development, that's such a useful inquiry that I really never thought much about at all. Yeah. I didn't even think that was on my radar. Yeah, absolutely. Before. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that contributes to a successful relationship. Yeah. I mean, in such an enormous way. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, that and for me, the basic thing, I really love you. And I really like you, too. Why is yeah. this happening? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, oh what, are we, what are we so upset about right now or attached yeah. to? Because I know I really like you. I, don't, I may not like you right now, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know I really like you. So what is it that, why are we doing this right now? What's really going right. on? Right. You know, I have to say, I have to. I've, I know I've given my Grammy, who's passed away, a shout out a few times, <laughs> but she would have turned 100 on Saturday, and she was the one who said to me a long time ago, "I hope you find somebody like Papa, her husband, who was actually her second husband. She had gotten divorced in a time that no one got divorced, and many years later, she got remarried to the love of her life." And we knew him as Papa, so he was really the only Papa that that I knew. And she said, I hope you find somebody like Papa that not only will you love him and he'll love you, but you like who he is. And you need to like Mm. and love your partner. It's not just about loving or being in love with. It's about really liking who the other is and honoring and respecting that. And I, you know, I didn't really get that. You know, I was always sort of, Hmm. like, love, in love, there's a lot of confusion. And then years later, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. In honor of my Graham, who would have been 100 just a few days ago, um, I wanted to offer that to the ladies listening. Awesome. What was her first name? Sidel. Okay, so we'll thank Sidel. Thank you for your input. Thanks for your wisdom. and she, she was such a hot ticket. They said that she even went down flirting with the hospice nurses. (laughs) And she was, I think she was 18, and she was born Sadie, which is a very sassy, cool name now. She was born in 1917 as Sadie. And then when she was, I think, 18 or so, she changed her name to Sidel. She's like, it's just more me. And then she was Sidel for the rest of her long life. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh, so she was being herself. She was being more her, right? Yep. Great. So I want to thank again my co-host Nancy Hunt and our wonderful guest Amy Mosier-Berry for sharing your wisdom and enthusiasm with us. Join us on our next episode with Amy when she gives single women her best advice for finding love and staying positive throughout the process. Well, that's it for this episode. Wherever you are at this moment, we hope that you can feel your own unique happily ever after taking shape. If you're a single woman looking for love, visit us at bemoreyou.co and register for Monday Morning Love Notes for Women. You'll get a calendar of all of our upcoming events. If you or someone you know has a special love story to share, we'd love to hear it and share it. 
please message us on Facebook or contact us online at bmoreu.co. Until next time, I'm Trisha Bennett. From all of us at Happily Ever After is Real, thank you for listening, and we wish you love.